You're listening to the Quince podcast. In a show of rare unity amid the ruckus in parliament over Pegasus and farm laws, the Constitution 127th Amendment Bill was passed unanimously on 10th August. The bill, which comes as a corrective measure for the 102nd Amendment of 2018, restores the powers of state governments to make their own list for the socially and educationally backward classes, or OBCs. However, amid the debate on the OBC bill, the BJP was left red-faced after one of its own MPs, Sangmitra Maurya from UP's Badayu seat, raised the need for a caste-based census. In her speech, she stated that, quote-unquote, even cattle have been counted in several states, but not backward classes. The MP's statement put the BJP in an uncomfortable spot, since it just came a few days after Union Minister of State for Home Affairs, Nityanand Rai, stated outright in Lok Sabha on 28 July that the upcoming census will not enumerate caste-wise population other than SCs and STs. To make matters worse for the BJP in the run-up to the Uttar Pradesh elections, NDA allies JDU in Bihar and Apna Dal in Uttar Pradesh have demanded a caste-based census as well. So, why is the Modi government hesitating to conduct a census exercise which may benefit the large number of government-backed national schemes that are aimed to benefit the OPCs? Is it politically threatening or is it a logistical hurdle? To discuss the debate surrounding caste census, for today's episode, we spoke to political scientist and former professor at the Jawaharlal Nehru University, Sudhapai. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. Despite having 27 members from the OBC category in PM Modi's new Council of Ministers, the BJP has avoided the question of caste census for a long time. But the demand for a caste census isn't new. It has come up before every census from the OBC and other reserve sections. But every government after independence has sidestepped the question. It was only in 1931 that an OBC column last existed in the national census. And then in 1990, after OBC was introduced as a category, the demand to include them in the decennial census began. According to an Economic Times report, OBC leaders like Mulayam Singh Yadav, Lalu Prasad and Sharad Yadav demanded a caste census in 2010. But then Home Minister P. Jidambaram argued against the exercise, stating that it is not an ideal instrument for the collection of data on caste. The recent demand for a caste census was sparked after the centre clarified that there will be no caste census other than SC and ST, which angered its key allies. Bihar Chief Minister Nitish Kumar led JDU and Apna Dal based in Uttar Pradesh. But the entire brouhaha regarding a caste census has another impact than just the collection of data. According to political analysts, knowing the actual number of OBC population will tilt the political scales in key states like Bihar and Uttar Pradesh. Now, the centre is currently following the Mandal Commission of 1990, which recommends that there should be a 52% reservation for backward caste in communities. However, this is only an estimation. And for a national party like the BJP, which draws support from the upper caste Hindu community, a caste census may weaken its stance if it throws up higher numbers of the OBC population than what the Mandal Commission has estimated. Recent parties like the JDU and the RJD, which represent marginalized communities, will stand to gain larger political support if such a result comes up. We spoke with political scientist Sudapai on why the caste census is such a political hot potato and the ramifications it holds if conducted. She believes that the caste census will essentially reopen the question of reservations in India. 
Well, most governments have, all governments in fact, have avoided having a caste census. And particularly at this point of time, we are talking about the backward caste. Now, the backward caste have become, over the last decade or a little more than that, let's say since the 1990s, extremely politically assertive and politically important. For any government and all political parties are interested in practically all states, but particularly in the Indian heartland, to gain their support. So, uh, therefore, they would not like to, in any way, um, you know, anger them or in any way uh, change the uh, system of reservation as it exists. And this because nobody really knows how many backward castes there are. You know, uh, the first caste census was held in 1931. And all other caste census, whether it's the Kaka Kalifa Commission or the Mandal Commission, have been extrapolated. So if the caste census was held, we might find that it is less, in which case it would be no problem. We might find that they are more, in which case, how the gap of 50%. So in that sense, it is a possibility. And uh, no government wants to get into this because it would mean reopening the whole question of reservations. You see, in the case of the scheduled caste, it's very clear. We know who the scheduled castes are because there is the issue of untouchables. They are untouchables. So therefore, there's a line of pollution, anybody below that. The backward caste is a very nebulous idea. It is all those who are left out. If you don't have the upper caste, and the, the uh, scheduled caste. So in that sense, nobody really knows how many OBCs there are. And any government that does this caste census would have to deal with the fact that they might suddenly find a very large number. Here I'd just like to mention that there is a Muslim angle to it also. The Mandal Commission gave uh, the Muslims also, that is the backward Muslims also, some amount of reservation. But uh, the problem is that today you have the rise of the Pasmandas, that is the backward Muslims. And they, you know, they also would have to be taken into consideration if this caste census was to be held. So it has not a caste, but it has a religious view angle also. And I don't think the Modi government would be interested in it. Although the BJP government is shying away from the inclusion of OBCs in the national census, in 2018, then Union Home Minister Rajnath Singh stated that the OBCs will be included in the census. However, with Minister Nityanand Rai's statement in Lok Sabha on 28 July, they have gone back on their word. Uttar Pradesh, where OBC voters account for over 50% of the population, is just a few months away from the elections. And positively responding to the community's demands may be imperative for the BJP to secure their status in the state. Now, the BJP party has been making many symbolic gestures of the past few years to woo the OBC vote bank across India. Starting with Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who highlighted his OBC caste identity in the 2014 Lok Sabha elections. In 2018, the Modi government granted constitutional status to the National Commission for Backward Classes. And in July this year, the government decided to provide 27% reservation for OBCs in the All India Quota Scheme for undergraduate and postgraduate medical courses for the current academic year of 2021-2022. However, the most symbolic gesture of all was the recent cabinet reshuffle where 27 ministers from the OBC category were inducted into PM Modi's Council of Ministers, five of which are in his cabinet. As the ruling party rolls up its sleeves for elections in the state, how significant is the OBC vote bank for the BJP? And what does the caste census mean for the party in the elections? Sudapai Vezan. 
I think if you go back to uh, 2014, see, before the rise of Narendra Modi, the BJP was largely seen as an upper class party. And in 2014, see, UP is one of the largest states and it sends 80 members to parliament. So I think uh, what I feel is that Narendra Modi felt that you know you need the support of a substantial number of backward castes and tenured castes. Therefore, he created what I have elsewhere called subaltern Hinduism, meaning that you know the backward castes are all and the scheduled castes are also part of the larger Hindu identity. And if and there was an attempt to saffronize these people into all this larger Hindu identity and to bring them into that and to create what we call a Hindu vote bank. This now this. Uh, succeeded to a large extent because together with that, he made a number of promises that he would give them jobs, uh, give them uh, reservation, uh, more reservation would be, um, you know, economic prosperity, and that he would uh, bring in the Gujarat model where UP was concerned and so on. So large number of the backward castes and what are called the non-jatas, the non-jamat, so therefore, the BJP has been highly successful in breaking both the SP and the BSP and parties elsewhere in the country. And therefore, there has been fragmentation of the OBCs uh, in the sense that some vote for the SP, maybe a few for the BSP, but the large number seems to have moved on towards the BSP. I was successful in this, I think, because uh, again, during the 1990s, parties like the SP under Mulayam Singh tried to homogenize the backwards post month But he didn't succeed because, as I've said, you know, there is class divisions which come in. So they could not be homogenized into one group. And therefore, there were a large number who were attracted by uh, the BJP. Now, so similarly in 2000. 19 also, despite all the mistakes he may have made, they kept to him because uh, they thought that he was going to look after their interests. Now, coming to present, suppose this caste census was to be brought about, or there was the news that a caste census would be there, the OBCs perhaps would be very unhappy. The thinking, you see, popular perception is that they are a majority of the population. If that does not true, then they will lose. And having the caste census, the BJP government would have to do something about it. Or if it is more, would the BJP government put the gap on 50%? So it would create a certain ambiguity where their political position is concerned. So therefore, BJP does not want to hold this caste census. Uh, in fact, the passage of this bill that it states that would make their own OBC list. But yes, how did it originate? By a delegation of the BJP, I think JP Nadda, who came back to Modi and said, you know, Mr. Prime Minister, there is this great demand that it should be allowed. Uh, because of what the Supreme Court had said on May 5th, where I pulled up the government and said, let the states do it on their own. And then, a judicial history to it that we can't go into, and I'm sure I mean, people are aware of it. 
So ultimately, the OBCs are worried, and the BJP is extremely worried because the there has been a certain weakening of the Yogi Adityanath government in for a variety of reasons. Uh, the COVID handling of the COVID internal dissensions, uh, Thakur versus Brahmin uh, rivalry within UP, and so on. In that kind of a situation, uh, people would not like any kind of an upset. Probably there have been feelers from BJP to the BJP from OBC leaders that don't hold it up, at least until the election is over. So I think for the BJP, it is something that they cannot do at this point. With the growing chorus of BJP allies demanding a caste census, several media reports now suggest that the centre is now considering conducting a socio-economic and caste census, or SECC, after the national census. Now, this is not the first time that an SECC survey has been conducted. Yielding to party demands, the then UP government in 2011 conducted this exercise, costing over 4,893 crore rupees. The SECC survey was conducted by the Ministry of Rural Development and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Poverty Elevation right after the decennial census. Though the socio-economic data was published in 2015, the caste data never saw the light of day. According to an Economic Times report, a parliamentary committee in 2016 was conducted to study the caste data and it noted that there are over 1.34 crore errors in it, preventing it from being published and making it impossible to judge the size of the OBC population once again. And aside from the errors in the SECC data, there also exists the problem of undercounting and overcounting population. Now, after every census, the centre also undertakes a post-enumeration survey, which estimates the extent of undercounting. And according to an analysis by senior journalist Rukmini S, in a live mint report, the 2011 census missed over 27 million people. So the Pai weighs in on the information vacuum on the OBC population which has existed over the past few decades and the need for the caste census in India. At independence, it was decided that when the census was to be held, in the first census, that there would not be enumeration of caste. Because the feeling was in the Nehru government, and particularly in the part of Nehru, that if you held that, caste would then be emphasized. So, casteism or the casteist be emphasized. And you know, there was this kind of euphoria and independence that, you know, uh, we were going to become an industrial democracy, there would be equality, there would be justice, and uh, so the caste would disappear. And as you know, reservations were meant only for 10 years. And there was this feeling that with uh, all this happening, caste would perhaps disappear gradually. And therefore, if you were to do a census, it would uh, not be very appropriate at that point in time. But as we've gone along, we found that instead of caste identity being forgotten or getting less important, if I may more correctly, caste identities have gained greater salience. Now, this is because, you know, academics would tell you that modernization is a very peculiar process. You know, it often increases, um, you know, your identities and your tradition rather than remove. And therefore, over the years, it's not only caste, but even sub-caste, which have become more and more important. In UP, there are 66 sub-castes. Today, each of these sub-castes have become more and more and more important. Each of them have taken pride in their own sub-caste identity. And they don't like the use of the term Dalit any longer. They call us 
Valmiki or whatever it is. So caste hasn't really disappeared. On one hand, no caste census was held. On the other hand, caste identity acquired greater and greater salience. And in political parties, if you go to Tamil Nadu, political parties are based on subcaste. You know, the VCK and the Liberation Panthers and so are based on subcaste. At the same time, while not having a caste census, it was agreed that there would be uh, you know, reservations for scheduled caste in proportion to their population. Down the line, we find that in the 1990s, Mandal Commission came and reservations were given to the backward class. Because the director principles have said that the state should look after the backward class. So you have this anomaly. You don't know what is the structure of caste in the country, and yet you're reservations. So this anomaly has become politically very difficult now. For example, you inclined to give it to the Marathas and the Jats, but you may be inclined to give it to the Kunbis in, Ma in Maharashtra because of their class. So the problem is that mismatch between the two. And also, if you were to hold a caste census, how would you deal with the problem of reservation unless you knew what class basis of each of these? Or do you give to anybody who says he's a backward caste? And you know, it's very easy for a person to claim backward caste. It's you know, like the last question uh, in Assam where everybody, including the Muslims, returns Bengali or returns Assamese, depending on the political situation in their language. So you can simply say, yes, I'm backward caste and uh, this is my caste. And it may not do. So it could get inflated with everybody wanting reservation. So it's a very situation. If you were to ask me and if you were to ask lots of people in this country, they would say the time has come to give all kinds of benefits on the basis of class, that is on the basis of income and basis of poverty level. But of course that then would be, the problem would be scheduled caste would not agree to it, neither would backward caste. Caste, they have a point because there is untouchable. Because there is still the casteist bias which exists. Uh, although one could say, you know, that after two, three generations in the South, particularly, you know, people are doing so well, they, do caste, they don't need it. But they turn around and still suffer from caste bias. So how do you deal with this? And probably the uh, UPA was pushed to do this by its own, uh, you know, backward caste leaders. And it was, Congress party has always been uh, sort of labeled as an upper caste party. So it probably wanted to prove its credentials that it was going to help everybody. And so therefore, they thought that a caste census would be there. But when they did the caste census, they came up with all these difficulties. That if this information was made public, how would they then deal with subsidies, reservations, welfare benefits uh, and all sorts of component plans which are given. So therefore today, as you are saying, we are suffering from information deficit, which yet at the same time, paradoxically, is very difficult to fulfill because we are not sure that the information we get will prove to be of the use that we would like to put it to. And also politically, it might put lots of political parties, in fact, all political parties, which have 
Our caste-based census will provide a much-needed opportunity for policymakers to remap their national programs aimed at the progress of the backward and reserved communities in India. However, given the political and economical implications of such a census, it remains to be seen if it is swept under the carpet for another 10 years or if it finally sees light. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We are available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 